Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hello and welcome to Premier League All Access with me, Sam Matavase, this week in the company of TalkSports' Perry Groves and Jason Cundy. Yes, a former Arsenal winger and a former Chelsea and Crystal Palace defender. Well, sort of, he played four games with them, but he did win three of them. Here's what's coming up on the show. I thought that Spurs would be perfect for Man City because of the high line. There's a spirit amongst the Spurs players now. They're, they're buying into Ange Ball. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're playing for their manager. Let's be honest about it. Manchester City should have won this game. They had enough chances to win this game. The game should have been put to bed. There's no effort. There's no application. There's a bunch of lazy players there. There's a complacency culture where they don't give a rat's whatever about the badge in the, in the club. It's about endeavour, hard work, discipline and how much you want to give it and how much you want to drive for your team. Nothing's going to change because you've got the same problems. Yeah, there it's it is. Rotten. It's, it's rotten. There is so much wrong yeah. with that, that football club. What a strong week it has been for Arsenal. Arsenal, for the first 20-25 minutes yesterday, was back to their fluid best of last season. I genuinely feel they can win the title. I don't see Heckenbottom surviving this. I don't know where he goes. This, you know, they're go- right now they're going down. Our bottom team doesn't win 5-0, no matter who they're playing, right. ever. There's not many leagues in the world where a team like Fulham, who record against Liverpool before today, I think they've only scored four goals in 16 games at Anfield against them, where they will go and give the, one of the top teams a proper game. That doesn't happen in, in yeah. northern leagues or uh, around Europe. It just, that, that's why the Premier League is so popular all around the world. I actually didn't even realise you played for Crystal Palace. It was a loan for a month. It went quickly. And well. And well, and well, yes. So, so Ron Nodes was, was chairman of Palace. Um, Alan Sugar was chairman of Spurs and they couldn't agree a fee and that whole thing fell apart. Oh. It was terrible. There you go. Yeah. Always even wanting more. Hey. Right, nothing to do with Why me. Even more. So you're a Crystal Palace hero, really. I always <laughs> associated you with Tottenham, Chelsea and Ipswich. But look, I didn't realise you were so successful when you were at Crystal Palace. You two just got back from Chelsea. I've been down the south coast with Eastleigh. We've all watched the Manchester City game. We've just caught up on the Liverpool game as well. Some world is in that. There's so much to talk about. And it's been a Sunday of absolute goal carnage. It's just been like golf fest, isn't it? Like Christmas fest comes easy. It comes early. Um, when we was at, um, we was at Stamford Bridge... And even before the game, you think there's going to be goals in this game because mm. of the way Brighton play, isn't it? Like, it was like watching the Boston Celtics against LA Lakers, wasn't it? It was just like basketball from end to it end. It was, it was. Um, then a lot of jeopardy. I don't know what Colin Gallagher was doing. We'll probably talk about that later on. Yeah. You know, being the captain and getting himself sent off, putting his team under pressure. But mm. brilliant guy. If you're neutral, Brighton are the team that you would go and watch play. 
Yeah. Because you can see goals. It's one of these days where you, if you're a neutral and you'd picked any of the games to watch, you would have had a fantastic time, with maybe the exception of West Ham against Crystal Palace, possibly. That finished 1-1, but there's so much to get into. So many goals to talk about, including Saturday's action as well. So let's get stuck into it. What an incredible start. And it's Sun Hyung Min with his eighth goal against Manchester City. Look, first half, um, we were lucky to still be in the game. Then Phil Foden made a run into just outside of the six-yard box. One touch with his left foot into the bottom corner for their second goal. Manchester City 2, Tottenham 1. It won't be the end of the scoring, I'm sure. They know the games for Tottenham are playing. And they, listen, they create a lot, a lot of chances. Wow, what a game this is at the Etihad. Mickey Gray. 71 on the clock, Manchester City 2. Tottenham to the equaliser coming from Lacelso. Very similar to Liverpool, a game that we we absolutely dominated. Jack Grealish fires the ball into the back of the net. I don't think the scoring's finished. I've got to be completely honest with you. Oh my gosh! Honestly, the Premier League it never fails to deliver. Oh, it, it's a... I've got an equaliser. <laughs> you cannot believe it. Kulusevski with the goal. Jack Grealish, who was onside and honing in on goal, the referee has blown up and brought the play back. Let the game. Flow. You cannot be doing that. And there's your full-time whistle. Late drama, late controversy. In the end, all square. Let's start with Manchester City 3, Tottenham Hotspur 3. It was, as we expected, just a complete fun game. But maybe not as we expected, in that Spurs actually managed to take the lead this time and, and actually get something out of the game. Well, I, I thought it could be five or six goals. And I just thought, with Ange Ball, with Spurs playing the famous high line, is he going to change his philosophy? And he stuck to it. And um, see, I'm a bit of jeopardy for me, really, because uh, obviously I want Spurs to get hammered, really. But you go, actually, no, I'll take, take a point. Yeah, well, you're you're right, right, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You want to wear it at the same time. <laughs> exactly, so. I'll take that. <laughs> Arsenal top of the league. It was a brilliant game, though, wasn't it? And uh, Spurs, obviously, sometimes criticised for being a little bit naive with this high line and this approach. Would you say it paid off today? Well, when the result comes in, you have to say it does, but I don't know how they can keep doing that. I mean, I, you, you can't win the title like that, I don't think. You might have done it in Scotland. Mm. I don't think you can win the title like that. Why? Because it, it, it's, you leave yourself so vulnerable. I think there needs to be an adaption. Mm. And I think that what we're seeing... We he might, that second half, he didn't might, they just slow up a little bit? They did. Well, City, I felt that City... Didn't adapt. I thought City felt the game might have been won. And I don't know. Gary Neville was saying in the commentary, they take the foot off the gas, and you could see it. And when they get the second goal, Spurs, all of a sudden City wake up again. But they can't do that either. One thing I'll say about Arsenal right now, they're they're, they're full pelt the whole time. They feel like they're full pelt. If there is a drop off, it's because the opposition have the ball. But I felt the City allowed Spurs back into it as much as City really. Didn't do enough with the ball at times and got Spurs back This is not going to be your 45 minutes of you telling us how great Arsenal are and I told you so. Why aren't we talking about Arsenal? All I'm going to ask you is um, (laughs) where a man sit in the league at the moment. What did I say last week? Where they'd finish? And you went, what, third? And I said, said, when you've won the treble, it's really difficult to keep that intensity. They're missing John Stones who goes into midfield and gives that extra play. And when the teams are now playing against Man City... And they get a feeling, Jason, to you when you're in a game sometimes, you actually think, we can get back in this game. Man City of last season, they go 1-0 up or 2-1 up, 3 whatever. The game's done and dusted. It's not now. You look at Spurs today, they're behind twice. I said about Chelsea being behind three times when uh, they won it up against Liverpool. Liverpool come back into the game. Mm. Man We've City- got to stop having half-time at the Etihad Stadium. I tell you, it is a nightmare. Because in the second half, it takes so long for people to get back to their seats. 
because of that <laughs> tunnel club. No, seriously, the atmosphere takes a massive dip. And I think that affects the players. Well, seven think... goals in, in, in two games they've conceded. It's ridiculous. And they've only kept one clean sheet in the last seven games in the Premier League. So defence wins titles. And if you, you said about a little bit, how quick is Carl Walker, right? And you see the Kudashevsky's goal, which is a good header. Yeah. Brennan Johnson goes on the outside of him. Carl Walker, I can't remember the last time he got done on the outside. Do you know what I mean? Letting someone get across him. So it's just... It's just that little bit where they're giving teams a chance. And I, as I said before, it, Jason, it's difficult to keep that, you know, that real intensity when you're playing in games. And I thought that Spurs would be perfect for Man City because of the high line. But even though Spurs conceded free goal, there was, there's a spirit amongst the Spurs players now. They're, they're buying into Ange Ball. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're playing for their manager. And Huming Son, like three goals, one, one wrong end but then someone needs to be the leader and he has become their leader. I understand it and I think that I, I think they're at the beginning of a journey rather than the end of a journey, Spurs, and there's a long way to go and I can see what they're trying to do and I can see the future being bright for them. I don't think they're there yet. Let's be honest about it. Manchester City should have won this game. They had enough chances to win this game twice. They hit the, 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 the post twice. I think Alvarez hit the post twice. Haaland's missed a couple of big opportunities as well. The game should have been put to bed before... How many times have you said in. this about Man City? I remember the game against, against Wolves. 1-0 down, get the 1-1. There's only going to be one result. Doesn't happen. Against Chelsea. Scoring late on, Chelsea get back into it. Mm. Exactly the same. There is a fragility about, about Man City right now. Where does it come from? It's hard to tell because it's the same manager, the same players and the same determination... But maybe, there's, maybe there is that lack of what Pez... I think there's an edge maybe, that's not there. Maybe there is something that Perry's alluded to that can you keep going every single game, every single competition? It's hard graft that. It's hard graft. And to keep doing it at the level you need to. Fair play to Spurs. Fair play to Chelsea. Fair play to Wolves. Because they've had their collar felt and they've, they've started to drop points and now. Arsenal. Where, and Arsenal. Fair play because... Don't forget Arsenal. Don't forget Arsenal. They did beat them. But, but there's, there are moments in games where you look at the game and in isolation, you look at the clock and say, City should win this, and they haven't. And they keep doing it. And it's a weird thing in football where anomalies come up, like since Guardiola's been at Man City, Spurs have been his bogey side. I think they beat him six times. They conceded 22 weird. goals. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just mm, football yeah, throws yeah. stuff up like this. And um, I, I think with Spurs fans, they would have gone to the Etihad with a little bit of like trepidation, losing like the last three and with all the injuries they've got and they'll come away because they love loving the way that they play but they'll see, hold on a minute, yeah, we've got a little bit about us at the moment as well. So that's it, I'm not talking about Spurs when I'm done. That's it, I'm finished. Uh, Manchester City third <laughs> in the Premier League, 30 points Oh, they're third, there. are they? Oh, right. 14 games. Liverpool second, 31 uh, from 14. We will talk about them and the Chelsea game towards the, the latter half of the show because there's some, some contentious decisions but also some brilliant goals to discuss as well. And we'll discuss Arsenal who are still top of the pile, 33 points from 14. But our next focus is on 6th and 7th, because Saturday night saw Newcastle absolutely thrash Manchester United 1-0. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. We're off and underway and we're into that most wonderful time of the year. The best place to be, of course is talk sport. Gordon driving up the middle, he's up to the edge of the penalty area, trying to thread it through. Oh, and Dallow's made a mistake and he clears it away from in front of goal. Miscommunication between Dallow and Anana. Dallow very nearly turned it into his own net. We've got a magnificent game against two teams that have got aspirations to finish in the Champions League. Here in Trippier, Carl's it! Off the bar! And Onana grabs the loose ball. So nearly placed perfection. Bruno Guimaraes, edge of the penalty area, plays it forward, Kieran Trippier crosses! Gordon taps it in, Newcastle lead, and St James's Park goes mad. On to Cher, Cher it might open up, he shoots, just a couple of yards over the top. Headed away down to Anthony on the volley, deflected in, Manchester United have equalised, the flag stays down and now the flag goes up. And it's a massive win for Newcastle United. Their sixth successive Premier League home victory. Manchester United are beaten on the road. Well, no wonder Alex Cook decided not to do this week's podcast. Um, this is the second time in just over a month that he's dipped out when they've been poor. Has I mean, anybody they... seen Alex? Go on, you got to, has anybody seen him? Go on, you've got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave him there. <laughs> Um, I mean, they were, they were dreadful. They were utterly shambolic in this game. And Newcastle probably should have scored three, four, five goals in the match. It was, it was such a one-sided, one-nil victory. I don't see why people are surprised. At the end of... I don't think anyone really is. No, I mean, we've watched them. I mean, the statistics obviously skew it because their recent form suggests that they've been putting wins on the board. But ultimately, anyone who's watched them, even in the midweek game against Galatasaray, knows that they're playing... They're playing poorly. They've got, not playing poorly, there's no effort, there's no application. There's a bunch of lazy players there. And I said at the end of last season, I saw them down at the Vitality against Bournemouth and May United won one nil and Casemiro scored the winner. But you had um, players like Bruno, uh, Bruno Fernandes, like not tracking back, not doing his job defensively. Martial was playing. At that time, I think it was uh, Garnacho was playing um, in the wide areas. And you've got a player like Garnacho who is a young player who doesn't track back, who doesn't actually go with his runners, he doesn't go and close down. You've so got... If you're a senior player in that team, either one of you, if you're a senior player in that team, and you're seeing Rashford, who's still a young man, he's 24, 25 years old, not trying, not tracking back and doing not the trying. work that you need, yep. Garnacho yep. doing the same, Anthony's doing the same, 
What, what do you two do there? Do you, do you walk into a dressing room and start throwing things around and start causing but you're, problems? But you're senior players, right? You've got senior... Bruno Fernandes doesn't do his job off the ball. He's the, he's the captain. You look at Galatasaray midweek where he comes out and says, oh, we're not doing our jobs. He's the one who gives away two fouls so that Galatasaray can get them, like, the free kicks. No, Onana throws them in. There's no leadership. This has been going on since Mourinho. Remember when Mourinho said about um, Luke Shaw that he just does enough and people thought he was you know, being too harsh. Mm. There's a group of players there, there's a complacency culture where they don't give <clears throat> a rat's whatever about the badge and the, and the club that they're playing I think for. the worst example I've seen of late was Rashford. I thought Rashford was terrible. And it was almost like he was deliberately not trying. You know, some players just don't feel or look like but they're But that trying. doesn't happen, does it? Well, yeah. I've, I've, I've got to say, look, it looked like it. I thought Rashford... And now you look, you were talking about Garnacho, right? You look at Rashford. Rashford, Garnacho wants to be where Rashford has been, right? That, that, you know, climbing that ladder at Manchester United. I have to say, I thought Rashford was, I mean, I'm trying to choose my words carefully. I thought he was disgusting. How good were I he was Livermento and Trippier, right? Yeah. Like going forwards. You mentioned because culture. You mentioned culture. The culture, because the two fullbacks yeah. had no protection whatsoever. But also, Dalo on the left and Van Bazaka on the right. Terrible. The other thing we have to remember about this group of players is that the 11 players that started for Newcastle United on Saturday night were exactly the same 11 players that were run ragged by, like, worked their socks off and absolutely utilised every single ounce of energy that they had on Tuesday night in the game against PSG. Yet they seemed to be refreshed and well organised and ready to go again. I, on thought, I, night. I thought United would get something out of the game purely on that. I thought United you know, could get something out of the game. Because Newcastle ran on empty. Yes. Yeah. I felt that the last half an hour of that game, the United might be able to get started. And do you know what? But for that you know, incident or offside from Maguire, who knows? Goals change. That, would they wouldn't not, have deserved no, 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 it. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, though, I'm not saying they deserved it. What I'm saying is, it's amazing how the rhetoric can change depending on where mm. the goals go in and so on. But you made the point there. Not a bit of it. You, if you had to look at those two teams and say, who was the one that went... And, and played 90 minutes with, ten, with, with 11 men, and then had to dig in and dig in and dig in, and then you flipped it, you wouldn't have gone that. You, you would have gone the other way around. We're talking about forwards, right? If you look at a player like Joe Linton and you look at a player like Almiron, who obviously Newcastle, Almiron works his socks off, whether he's playing on the right or he's on the left. Joe, Lin Joe Linton is at the same time. There's not that culture. And if you look at Man United, you tell me how many captains. You I said before I got slaughtered for it about Bruno Fernandes. I wouldn't have him as captain in my team. When they got beat seven up at Anfield and he's moaning and groaning, he's like doing his socks like, that. That's your senior player who's supposed to be the leader. There's no leaders at Manchester. And I, I feel a bit for Ten Hag because he's actually swimming. This has been going on for five. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer indulged, although he got decent results, he indulged a group of players mm. and he let them behave how they wanted to because individually they might get them out of a bit of trouble. That's not happening now. You don't have lazy players in top teams. Okay, so talk to me about the culture then. No, no. Who, who's who's got so to deal with So I just want to go back to something Perry made there, and, and I, I don't disagree with him. But what, so who are the who are the leaders and captains in Newcastle in that team on Saturday, other than Trippier? Lascelles. Lascelles. Yep, you say. Yeah, but, but are, it's not. It's not like they're Chair. littered. It's like they've got a young team. Gordon's not. Guimaraes. But he plays like one. No, but, yeah, yeah, but Guimaraes. Yeah, but, but Gordon. Gordon's, fa Gordon's fantastic. I think we should mention Gordon no, no. because he's got the first player in. Number sacked, of years to score four goals at home. You think Almiron's not in a but row. They, what it is, this leader thing, and I understand why we talk about it, and we do often. Actually, it's about endeavour, hard work, discipline, and how much you want to give it, how much you want to try for your team. 
And on the flip side, United. Yeah, but Chase, it's, it's, there is nothing there. But it's the endeavour, it's the hard work. The leader thing, yes, I get. But the truth is, you can have... Like, Rashford should be a leader at United. He should be now. But he's not trying now. There's, there's, a, there's a lack of that effort. No, Rashford, that, Rashford should be a captain, no, right? but at, no, No, because his attitude is stinking the place out, right? Then Look I'm, at the difference. I'm, I'm Andy Gordon you. is a brilliant example. Look at the Andy Gordon at Everton. Who's in that? Okay, who's in the no, squad? England squad right now. No, no, no. I'm just talking about Andy Gordon. Look at the Andy, Andy Gordon at Everton, right? Where he was decent going forward, but he didn't work very hard for Tinker. He goes to Newcastle, and the culture there, and the non-negotiables with Eddie Howe and Tyndall set, and the player set is, I don't care if you're a left winger, a right winger, when we're out of possession, you'll get yourself back a goal side, or you go and close down. That's Andy Gordon is a brilliant example. You see, you, and he's said it took a while. No, because the other senior players in the team will dig him out for not doing the right thing and he but wouldn't be there. it's all about that. culture, like you're saying. Exactly. And you're absolutely like right. Everybody at Newcastle was on the same page. Everybody at Manchester United seems to be on different pages and that's a major issue. But ultimately, someone has to take responsibility for it. And Eric Ten Hag looks a little bit like a rabbit in the headlights. Because we could all see that goal coming at some point during that game. It was inevitable that at some point it was going to happen. He had 55 minutes prior to it going in for, for, to make some sort of change and didn't do it. Why and how much responsibility does he have? I, I, I think that there's a number of reasons why Newcastle are much better than them. and They wanted it more. Man United have been... That's filled. the worst thing you can it, say. It, they wanted it more. It, well, they did, though. They did. Pez. Yeah. But Pez. that's the worst you can but, say. Pez, they did. Yeah. You and I watched the game and... I think there was an inevitability about the way the game was going to go. Mm. I think we've got to mention Maguire, by the way. I thought Maguire stood up and, and done his very best. But there was one stage where I saw Maguire playing right wing. It's like, where's Maguire going? How's he there? Well, they threw him and, up front for the last it, five minutes. Yeah, well, that was the old-fashioned back to 70s. Yeah. We're just going to go route one. So. But, that, but I, I feel that Manchester United have... There's a malaise that's been allowed to develop... Under that ownership that's been allowed to, to, to develop. And when you've got players like, I mean, Joel Linton. Talk to me about Joel Linton. Where was he six years ago? He was a left winger playing out. And they brought him in as a centre forward. And now look at him. He, he failed originally at, at Newcastle. And now he's a midfielder that's a monster. He's a hero in the middle of the park but, there. Uh, can I ask you about Anthony Martial and his, um, let's, how should we put this, and his... Words, he's crosswords with Eric Ten Hag. What, from the touchline and he's shouting him in the middle of the pitch? Mm. Basically, can you get your finger out and start running around, right? And he, but he's a typical. But what about Martial answering him back and getting a little bit furious as well? Well, But that again, that is um, Martial thinking, you can't hurt me. You can't, I'm on. There's no consequence. Exactly, I'm on whatever, you know, money, whatever. You ain't going to hurt me. Yeah, I'm. I'm not even going to listen to what you're saying. So then Eric Ten Hag, remember last year when they got beat by Brentford hmm. at 4-0 and he went, you lot haven't run, I'm bringing you in the next day. You're going to run you know, the 13 kilometres, what you should run. And everybody goes, right, I think Ten Hag has let things slip a little bit as well by, I wouldn't have Anthony Martial in my team playing up front because straight away you're playing with nine outfield players and not 10, straight away. And then Marcus, so he's got, Eric Ten Hag, I always say to managers, you've got to look in yourself in the mirror now and go, right, 
I'm doing this my way. I've got to make massive decisions here. Hasn't he tried, though? Hasn't he tried? But I think he's let it slip. I think he's let it slide by indulging indulging Marcus Rashford, by indulging Bruno Fernandes, by indulging Martial. But he's been a disciplinarian with Jadon Sancho. He's been a disciplinarian with Cristiano Ronaldo. Why has he allowed other standards to slip? The Ronaldo one, he was very clever because... He knew that Ronaldo's behaviour, you know, going off at half, at half time when he just went away, didn't he, and then went down the tunnel. He knew that that culture, and I thought, you've done that perfectly. He's going to stitch himself up. And, and yeah, he let himself stitch himself up. The younger players, it's easy to be disciplined, disciplined with the younger players, but then you've got to make a stance. And I, I think if, if he gets the sack or he goes, who's going to go in there and change that, <coughs> that culture... You, it's, Nothing's going to change because you've got the same problems. Yeah, it, there it's it is. Rotten. It's, it's rotten. There is so much wrong yeah. at that, that football club. Yeah, and, and the worst example I thought was against Newcastle. And Newcastle, as we said, had to play ninety minutes or ninety plus minutes. They were brilliant, and uh, do you know what I was and, with and them again, in Paris? It, it, they were sensational. They were absolutely they were we know brilliant. They were absolutely brilliant, and they're a brilliant team to watch. And it's yeah. it's a journey that you enjoy watching. You know, going on with them because well, I'm, I'm, no, I couldn't. Well, why do you want to go on that journey? Well, I've done all of their Champions League games and it's been no, a good fun so far. Oh, oh, yeah. You've yeah, you got no, a Newcastle no, no, scarf as no, well. There you go. No. Just, uh, uh, listen, what culture are you setting? Listen, I, uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a big fan of Eddie <laughs> Howe. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is, right? He knows that his team's got no yeah. chance of hearing the Champions League music now. He's like that. I'll t- My I'll team go. as well. Oh, yeah. no, he's, he's feathering his own nest. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Hey, listen, I just, I, I just think they've done very well. And I think and Eddie still, Howe. Well, I agree with that. But the, and Jason you can't Tindall, be pleased for them, though, can you? I'm pleased, though. Can I've known Eddie for 20 years. I couldn't care less. He's a nice lad. Who cares? But it's the... The culture, he's gone in there with a non-negotiable, same thing. He's a good coach, isn't he? Yeah. And, as, yeah, and he's, he, he talks very well. But the other thing we haven't mentioned... Where's Newcastle, Alex Crook? No, oh. no yeah, yeah, Newcastle recruitment, since Eddie Howe's been there, has been Dan excellent, Ashworth. right? Yeah. May United's recruitment for the last five, six years has been awful. Because they go into the characters, not just the ability of the player that they're going to sign. Manchester United need a manager, I think, that's got the, the non-negotiables, the philosophy like Eddie Howe. They're not going to get Eddie Howe out of Newcastle. There's no chance that's happening now. They need someone who represents that sort of level of coaching ability. When Jim Radcliffe gets in there, maybe it will start to change. But I think it's like turning the, the, the Titanic. It's, it's going to take yes. a very, very long time. Uh, talking of good coaches who set good cultures and have turned things around, should we talk about... Gary O'Neill at Wolverhampton, no, <laughs> Mikel Arteta, who's done well at Arsenal this weekend. Into the box! Oh, what a finish from Brownhill! And it's a five-star show from Burnley! And they've put the blades to the sword at Turf Moor. It's Burnley 5, Sheffield United nil. That could be the difference in the season. They see games out and uh, that's how they've got to have a chance of winning that title. Another big win for Arsenal at the Emirates. It's finished here. Arsenal 2, Wolves 1. Here in Trippier crosses. Gordon taps it in. Newcastle lead. This is a big, big three points for Newcastle. And then Trent Alexander-Arnold hooks into the bottom corner. And Liverpool have turned this around in the space of two minutes. What a game at Anfield. Goodness me, what a game we have had here this afternoon. It has somehow finished Chelsea 3, Brighton 2. Oh, Spurs have got an equaliser. You cannot believe it. Manchester City 3, Tottenham 3, and it's Kulusevski with the goal. It's, it's, it's breathtaking, it truly, truly breathtaking. 
What a strong week it has been for Arsenal. Terrific in midweek in the Champions League. And actually, I thought some of the football they played in the first half of the game against uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers was, was, was sublime. I had split loyalties, didn't I, in the game because me had been an ex-Wolves player as well. You know what I mean? so didn't, didn't Wolves <laughs> kick you out when you were like 12? Or yeah, I, I didn't know whether I wanted us to be in six or seven, to be honest. I didn't know which way to go. I got my little red socks on as well. You know, little oh, for God's yeah. sake. Arsenal, for the first 20, 25 minutes yesterday, was back to their fluid best of last season. Like with Odegaard looked back to his best. I know he got his, his brilliant goal, which was a fantastic like, team move. But he's, some of his through balls with the outside of his left foot where he released Enketia and Trossard. And they should have had the game dead and buried by that 25 minutes, although 2 new up. And then when Wolves get back into it and Kunga scores, because you said about Gary O'Neill, we're big fans of Gary O'Neill. We are. Because they went to it and you thought, whoa, this could be five or six. That doesn't happen with a Gary O'Neill team because they still stay in the team shape that he had. You know, he had the 5-3-2 the and that was a bit of a threat out front with Wang Chang and, and Cunha. And then when Arsenal missed a few chances and then Cunha scores a weldy with his left foot, it's in Jenko's mistake, then it got, I was, it got nervous. It got nervous for that last sort of 10, 15 mm. minutes because you think, oh, you know, this, is this going to be another Fulham? You know, where Fulham um, get themselves back to 2-2. Mm. Mm. But Arsenal saw it out. So there's, a, I think there's more of a steal about this mm. Arsenal team than, than last season. Okay, Jason, what's worrying me about all of this is that you two are a convert to the cult of Arteta, aren't you? Do you know what? For the first time, I was lucky. So I'd done the phone with Jamie O'Hara at 5.30 um, um, on the Saturday. And I came in to watch the game. So you don't often see all the games. I've got to tell you, for the first half, Arsenal scared the life out of me. I'm thinking for the first time, I genuinely feel they can win this title. For the first time, I genuinely felt... Come on over, that, Jase, come on. No, 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 no. Socks on, come no, no, on no. over. But I genuinely felt that, that, that <laughs> I'm looking at a side that could, because I like Wolves, I love Gary O'Neill, I love the way they play. That is a tough team to do that to. They absolutely battered them, swept them. It was two, it could have been more. The, other, the flip side is a little bit like we saw from City earlier today, where they're winning and they're comfortable. And maybe there's a little bit of complacency that crept in. Wolves are a good side. And actually, in the end, it shouldn't have been like that. No. But we're watching it in the office and all the Arsenal fans around, you know, they're all screaming and shouting. They're shouting up. But at the last 10 minutes, they're all sitting there going like this. Can't watch it through there because they, they feel the game should have been over and won. Yeah. And it wasn't. But they got it over the line. And there's a lot to be said for that. Gabriel, which is you has taken a bit of criticism last week or so because he actually said himself, I'm not a goal scorer, mm. right? And you think, maybe as a centre forward, but he was being perfectly honest because he's a one in the three and a half, one in four. And playing well, to, he hasn't got any this season, has he? No, but w without him, he's in got the Premier in League. Champion, Champions League, he's still right. Yeah. But yeah. without him, trust me, Saka, because Saka isn't as effective. Martinelli isn't effective because he, they played three centre-halves yesterday, Wolves. Jesus' movement, he comes deep, he engages them. And if you look at the, the two goals, even though Saka, he was the pass before the assist, mm. where he's got a great layoff, wasn't he, for Zinchenko, where he shows, he flicks one round the corner into Tomiyasu for Saka's goal. So he brings more and he brings the best out of, of those players. Those players that I mentioned, they're flourish. And I said Odegaard was back to nearly what he was last year. Trossard looked really good in the, like the granite Saka sort of position. So their fluidity... And then what they're doing now is, I think last year, as Jay said, that nervousness around the Emirates, I think last year they could have drawn that 2-2. But I think there is this now sort of game, the, the ma game management that's coming is in. It, that's the best I've seen Arsenal this season. 
I'm trying but to think of other games City. where they've been sensational. They were sensational. The other City one was tactical and very yeah, functional. Yeah, tactical and very clever, very I thought. And when they went 1-0 up, there wasn't nervousness because City didn't respond. We were talking about before. Yeah. But the other thing as well is Declan Rice, was. I've seen him all this season, he hasn't been below an eight. Every game I've seen him play. No, it's terrific. And, but what he did yesterday, when it, he just, he's got this sort of sixth sense where he dropped deeper because um, they went 3-4-3 three, three in the end. Gary Neal put three up front. He put uh, Sarebio on. And Declan Rice just went, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually go probably 10 yards deeper. And I said before, he's like this spring spaniel sniffer dog at like Heathrow Airport where he just sniffs out trouble. He just goes and he just, all of a sudden, he gets a little toe in or a little foot in or he gets a little interception. <laughs> he was, that's, that's someone who spends far too much time going on holiday. <laughs> um, Burnley 5, Sheffield United nil. How bad was Sheffield United in this game? They were... Again, I was lucky enough to, to watch the goal. I say lucky enough, but yeah, fortunate enough to, to see the demise. Um, yeah, Burnley didn't have to be brilliant. They were good. Um, Sheffield United, well, I mean, what's he doing at Burnley? I, I've, you know, you look around, you think, he could have got a, a straight red for the first, first one. Correct. Right? Could have done. Yeah. Possibly should This done. is when he goes up and elbows his opponent. It, it, both, do you know what? That, actually, right. both so the Shea elbows were on over. So, yeah. so Perry and I played in the you know, 80s, 90s, you know, when that was okay. The but he played like one of those mm. centre-forwards. You know, the centre-forward leads with that arm. You, can just, yeah. you know, you can't do that now. No. Um, other than that, um, I don't see Heckenbottom surviving this. I don't know where he goes. This, you know, they're go- right now they're going down. They're going down. Well, they're going and to down. be beaten against one of your rivals that you look at, you think, we've got to get something out of this game and it gives us a little bit of a fighting chance. To be battered the way they were... It was five, it was so comfortable, ten men, there's a lot wrong. It's the biggest margin of victory for a team starting the day at the bottom of the table since 1997 when Sheffield Wednesday beat Bolton by five goals to nil. This doesn't, our bottom team doesn't win 5 nil, no matter who they're playing, ever. This is is a quirk. No one had had that on their fight. There was no fight from Sheffield United. I I saw it the week before. That's happened happened a couple of times though, hasn't it? Bournemouth, when I was doing the game at um, Bramwell Lane, Sheffield United made uh, Bournemouth look like um, Barcelona. Yeah. Honestly, they got, they got well, nowhere near it. And that Newcastle got eight goals against them. Yeah. So yeah, this, happening, this, is not, this is not something new. This is becoming and they're habitual. they're down regularly. Do you know what was regularly. interesting? Paul Heckenbottom's uh, interview afterwards, where he said, I've let players in that dressing room know in no uncertain terms what I thought of them. Basically, he's, he's told them that, again, they haven't tried. And they haven't put, if you're going to go down, like Luton, we said before, we thought they'd have the best chance of the... Because... They're to the, the togetherness and they will fight for Rob Edwards to the last, right? That's not happening with those Sheffield United. If you're, if you're lacking a bit of talent, fans will still go with you if you give it everything you've got and you leave everything out there. Mm. They're, not, they're not doing that. Well, I mean, it's, it's about being switched on, isn't it, right from the very beginning? You don't concede a goal in 15 seconds, do oh, you? Oh, I mean, where do you go from there? <clears throat> so you're going away from home, a, a team that's struggling at home. They could have broken the record, I believe. Yeah, if they hadn't the one, yeah. It had the, in all four divisions? Yeah, lost seven so, on the right? spin. So, right, so yeah. that would mean, and you go in 15 seconds, you went down. The writing, the, 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 right there, after 15 seconds, the result was rubber stamped. Yeah, uh, Benson Company, I think, suggesting that his team were a little bit more aggressive than they had been. They mixed it up a bit better. They mixed they up a bit long, better, yeah. Exactly. Which, got be, you and know, got, well, you've got Jay Rodriguez up top. You, you can do oh, that. Do you know what? Maybe he's learning. Maybe there is this, I've seen a lot of Burnley and they are a naive side when it comes to playing the way they want to play, which, which is fine, it's admirable, but actually the truth is, it don't get your results. I'm, I wonder whether he might just start to feel 
actually, I need to be a little bit more mm. pragmatic. And certain times, can I go defensively at times or go long? Well, James Trafford went long more than and, what he had you in know, the season. Well, the second, well, they got the first goal from that, the second goal the second from that. Goal as well. You know, and if it reached rewards, it might give him a little bit of food for thought. Do you know great afterwards is Jay Rodriguez not knowing that he's the only player in Premier League history to score um, <laughs> twice inside 15, 15, 15 seconds. seconds. You're like, did I? Is that right? Is that I'd right? have known yeah. that straight oh, away, yeah. wouldn't you? It's, it's not as if he scores 25 a season, is it, to be fair? It is always out of order when you get sent off for an indisciplined tra- challenge, isn't it? I mean, that, that, it, that really hurts, doesn't it? I mean, I only, I, I can remember once, but I took my mum to one game, just one game ever, one game. Did anybody get sent off? It was, it, it was nil-nil in a cup game tight between game? Chelsea and Southampton, really tight. Did you want to Someone got sent off after 15 minutes. Why are you doing that to me? <laughs> What? I didn't get sent to Southampton. He, he got oh, sent off. He got sent off. It was the worst. It was the Rumbelows Cup. That's how long ago it was. So was it, did you leave one on someone? Did you? Alan Shearer dived outside the box, straight red. Yeah. yeah. Sort of dive. Sort of quite hard contact. I got contact wrong side. It was, a, it was a hoof up forward. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Got, I got, lack yeah. of concentration? Might have been. <laughs> uh, we'll stay concentrated because we've got a few more games to look at, including Chelsea against Brighton, which is the five-goal thriller on Sunday. Right, well, you talked about silly red cards. Let's talk about Conor Gallagher's red card. Perry? I can't, his first tackle, he just leaves a little bit on Buonate and you go, OK. You, you know, and Conor Gallagher was actually playing well, Jace, wasn't he, in that 10 position? He was, like, getting it into his feet. It's been his best good, position so yeah, far this um, season. Brighton were the best team for the first 10 minutes, so I passed it without being yeah. a goal threat. Yeah. And then as Billy Gilmore gets away from him, the last thing you do is you think, well, what I'm going to do is um, don't even try and win the ball. Just, just let him run away from you. And he, it's from sort of behind to sideways, and then he, he sizes <coughs> him down first. Then he slides and gets the ball. And Craig Pawson... He ain't got any opportunity, no sort of choice but to send him off. And then he put his team as a captain. You put your team team bang under pressure, and he's he's lucky they have dug him out of it. Did, did Chelsea deal with it quite well though? Really? Yeah. Okay, just going back to that briefly. Um, I've done the, the comment. Perry and I are both there, and I've done the comment for Chelsea TV, and I made the point at the time that the week before, Rhys James got a second yellow, and it was something for petty, right? And I made the point at the time, Conor Gallagher is an all-action player. He, he, he's got his, he has got this about his game. Mm. And what he, he had the armband, I said at the time, he needs to make sure that he does not la- allow his game... Emotions, yeah. The way that he plays the game. But I think maybe there are... He will learn that maybe there are parts of his game, he's young, he is that player. He will go and try and win balls. He's all-action, he does it. And I hope, because actually, he was actually playing well. But I wonder whether this might be one of those moments, the David Beckham moment against Simeone, where he learns this is an education for him. Yes, he let his team down. Yes, he'll be gutted. Chelsea won, so it's so, so nothing's lost. But I wonder, wearing the armband and coming through the youth tour, I wonder whether this might be one of those moments in his career that he remembers this for the rest of his days. Hmm. So, yes, you're right. I just hope and, and, and pray that he's going to look back and say... Chelsea got off to the perfect start, two corners causing problems for Brighton. Well, that's what Conor Gallagher took both corners, then from right-hand side, and then I think it's Badashile who just helps it back in with his left foot, and Fernandes is unmarked, and then like five yards out, gets his header in. Um, then another corner as well, um, just headed back in it by Jackson. But he drilled them. The first two corners for, hit, the, yeah. hit the near post, and then he drilled to them. the far post. And he went, exactly. far, both, both come from far post, and maybe there's something in the defensive way that 
Brighton set up mm. that they felt that they could get the ball back across goal. And both were similar, weren't they? Yeah, it was a good header from Jackson to head it back across. Um, and then Levi Carwell gets it. And then he, he half celebrated. And I'm like, no, mate, go for it. I know you, you did play a few games for Brighton, but he, didn't, he ran over and he, he went, then he went, oh, better calm myself down. Yeah, but yeah. it wasn't given straight away, was it? Yeah. You saw after it was given. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you think, yeah. no, go yeah. mad. Just celebrate. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You don't score many. I also go mad if scoring five a side. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like knee slides and everything. Um, obviously, it, Chelsea needed to get back to winning ways after what was quite a poor performance away at Newcastle last Saturday and very heavily criticised by their manager as a result of that performance. Um, but they had to survive a late onslaught from Brighton. Brighton yeah. got it to 3-2. There was a penalty claim as well late on in the game where the ball does hit Levi Colwell in the face. But Brighton at the time think that this is going to be given. Oh, this, it was an absolute shambles. So Craig Paulson. So I'm not speaking on behalf of Perry. He can dive in and interject any time he feels. The, the ball comes across and, and Colwell's got his arms up like that and it hits him and he stumbles. Next thing, a whistle goes, ball goes out for a corner. Next thing, a whistle goes, and the crowd goes quiet. And there's all people milling about, and I'm like, is it a penalty? Is it a... And there was so much chatter around, I'm like, I don't know what's been given. Next thing, it's a penalty. Brighton fans are cheering. And I'm looking at the replay, I'm going, see him on the head. So Craig Pawson then goes over to the VAR. So he's given the penalty, right? So he's given the penalty. So it says VAR check. But what people don't know in the stadium is a VAR check for to say it is a penalty or it's not a penalty. Yeah. Right? So we're all sitting there waiting. So in the stadium, Next no thing, one knows that there's a penalty no one given. Next thing, Craig Pawson does this, walks over, does that. Brighton fans are cheering, thinking that they've... He's going to get a penalty. They're going to get a penalty. But the truth is... They've already got one. They've already got one. He's cancelled it. it was a, and then Chelsea fans cheer. It was, it was a weird thing because... He gave the penalty sort of half-heartedly, didn't he? When the referee yes. normally demonstrative, he yeah. just went... No one knew. Like, no one saw, right? And then you're looking at it, and when he goes over, you see the replays, and it um, hits Levi Colwell in the face. It's, it's obvious. Right? Yeah. But my point is, Craig Paulson has guessed, because obviously there's an arm that's gone up, but the assistant referee is 10 yards away. Good point. He's facing... He's, fa he's absolutely facing yeah, it. So it was, why in the mic you go, uh, Craig, it's hit him in the face, mate. But... I'm not a big fan of VAR, right? That's the perfect example of VAR working because Jared Gillett said, mate, go over there, he's hit me in the face. And they got the one right for Chelsea's penalty for James Milner on Mudrick. Because Craig Porter didn't give it at first. He's 1v1, brilliant move from Chelsea, wasn't it? From Sanchez, Sanchez. to uh, And by Sterling. the way, down at 10 minutes at the time. Exactly, and then out to uh, Jackson. Yep. And obviously Mudrick's 1v1. And at first it looks like that James Milner's been very clever and leaned across Mudrick. But what he's done is he's actually got him with his arm and then their legs tangled. Mm. And it wasn't given. So then it goes to VAR. So there's actually VAR for a change in a game, a two for two. Yeah, um, and we didn't talk about this in, this, uh, in the game between Manchester City and Tottenham, but we will mention it now because there was another situation in that game and sort of, you know, the, these, all, these big decisions do change games. Right to, to, to mention that, that, that these ones were correct in the Chelsea game, but Simon Hooper in the Manchester City Tottenham game pulled back Jack Grealish when he could have played the advantage right at the very end of the game when it was 3-3 and Manchester City will feel and there was a massive melee afterwards Pep Guardiola's going absolutely bonkers about it because they feel as if Haaland after being tubbed back got up off the floor played the ball through to him the advantage should have been played and Manchester City should have won the game well uh, Grealish is through right so Hooper got it wrong right and 
I think it's the only mistake I can think of he made in the game. Yes, he got the wrong call, and they're there to make the right calls and right decisions. I feel for City, because Grealish has got 1v1, and chances are 80% of the time he puts the ball in the back of the net. The truth is, though, he considered three goals at home, Spurs. Yeah, OK. So, so don't, don't be knocking on my door saying, here's the reason we didn't win. You know what By the way, Erling Haaland did miss... Like a couple of sitters. He oh, did, absolutely. And, but you can understand exactly. why City weren't happy with it. And that, obviously, as the other results came in through the day, opened the door for Liverpool to go up into second position. Uh, they beat Fulham by four goals to three. But when the 90-minute the mark goes, it's 3-2 to Fulham. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it changes It's never completely. over anymore, is it? It's never over anymore. The it goes on over. forever and ever and ever. Because I think there's so much buffer in terms of... It used to be two or three minutes at the end of a game. Now it's, it's eight never or nine. Over. No. There's, it's almost like another yeah. another section. It's like extra time. It's like a final section yeah. of yes. the game where it yeah. gives you yeah. one extra go oh, at and, it. But like, everybody's tired, so yeah. the concentration levels Absolutely. get less and less. So you're going and I, I I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant us having that uh, uh, added time at the end of the games. It, it's we want and it's, I want my team to win. So I just want my team to win. I'm not worried about total. But as a neutral, you want the jeopardy. Don't you, you want that jeopardy well, we saw thing? Bridge, yeah, right? we said ten minutes was uh, at the end of the game, well, and then it was like 16. fourteen. Yeah, and then can Brighton get themselves back into it? Yeah, but yeah. all the goals, they're weldies. Yeah. No, first of all, no team has ever won more points from losing positions than Liverpool in this Premier League season. I mean, they've been 15. absolutely terrific. Fifteen yeah. points they've taken from losing positions. I can't keep doing that already no, this no, season. Um, the McAllister goal is out of this world. The mm. free kick from Trent is out of this world, even though it does hit Burnt Leno on the back. It's still an amazing yeah. free kick. Yeah. Wataru Endo's goal is a super <laughs> hit. For your first yeah. Premier League goal, it's amazing. And then to come up with the poise and the accuracy to score the winner in stoppage time, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's another great cracking hit. Isn't like it? Pez said, you know, we're, we're lucky. We're, we're dealing with the best league in the world and now we're getting these minutes. The jeopardy and the, and the drama is all for there to everyone to see. And it's, also, it's, there's, it's there's not many leagues in the world where a team like Fulham, whose record against Liverpool before today, I think they only scored four goals in 16 games at Anfield against them, where they will go and give... The, one of the top teams, a proper game. That doesn't nice. happen in, in yeah. all the leagues or, uh, around Europe. It just, that, that's why the Premier League is so popular all around the world, because there would have been a lot... Every... What was that? I said there was 20... Was it 24 goals today? Oh, the goals today were insane. Oh, I mean, crazy. we were watching them and the two o'clock kickoffs that you and I are at. Yeah. Was, every, every, every seven minutes, another goal's gone in. What are, you doing, what are you doing this week? You sports, sports bar? Yeah. Yes, in, indeed. Where um, are you at? Um, we've got Premier League games. How long are you going to go with a Ted Lasso? Like, I thought November was over. What, oh, did, you, do, you did November? did November and um, it got a, a little bit of love on social media as I was about to show, uh, shave it off. So I thought, you know, I'll just keep it going just for a little keep while. Rock the Ted Lasso. Keep it, keep, keep it going. Uh, the reason I asked what you were doing this week was not to ask whether or not my tash was going to stick around <laughs> till the end of the week. But of course, it's double week of, of, of match games. So we've got midweek games yes, to do. focus on. And the weekend so as well. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, haven't we? So f yeah, first of all, Aston Villa are going to have a huge say in what happens because they've got two. They've won every home game so far this season. Uh, they drew today with uh, Bournemouth it, away from home. Are they fourteen on the trot at home? All to get yeah, in the absolutely yeah. outstanding. But they've now got Manchester City and Arsenal in back-to-back -back games. Okay. So that's going to be a, a cracking affair. Arsenal off to Luton in midweek. How do you feel about that? That is that again. That is the beauty of the uh, the Premier League. Going to Kenilworth Road, like just over ten thousand old-fashioned football ground and you know that Luton are going to test you 
physically. You know what you're going to come up against. Yeah, you know, so look I'm them. looking at yeah. um, like Saliba and Gabriel. They're going to probably have more duels than what they've had the whole season. And if, if you're not at it physically and psychologically against Luton, they will, they will steamroll it. They'll roll you over. So that, that's going to be... Go. It's going to be beauty against the beast. And that's, it's going to be brilliant. Um, Brighton go uh, home to Brentford. Uh, Burnley have got to go to Wolves. Fulham take on Nottingham Forest. Mm-hmm. Sheffield United face Liverpool. So Liverpool going to Bramall Lane. They'll be, you know, they'll fancy Liverpool themselves to get a result there. Uh, Crystal Palace take on Bournemouth. Aston Villa, Man City have already mentioned. And Manchester United, Chelsea, that's the game that I'm going to. And then Thursday night, Everton, Newcastle and Tottenham against West Ham. Who's going to be top by the end of Thursday night, Jason? Give me the games again. Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal going away to Luton. Arsenal win that. Liverpool going to Sheffield United. Liverpool, Liverpool win, win that. that. Manchester City go to Aston Villa. Mm. I fancy Villa. So do you think that by the time we get to Thursday night, Liverpool and Arsenal, more significantly, because they'll be top if they beat Luton, will have established a bigger gap over Pep Guardiola's team? Potentially, yeah. yeah that's a, Villa's the toughest place right now to go in, in Premier League football, right? There's no, there's no team right now that's got a better home record. No. no. Right? So it's the toughest place to go. But then don't forget, Arsenal go there next week. There's, there's, Saturday, this is, yeah. This is the, this is the reason think, why we... Yeah, love the Premier I think Villa and Man City are the two teams scored the most goals, aren't they, in the Premier mm-hmm. League this year? I doubt it very much. I'm going to Manchester United against Chelsea on Wednesday night. Now, Manchester United have not taken a point off of a top half team this season. And Chelsea have, for the whole season, (laughs) been 11th or lower. Until today. And now they've got into the top 10. They're 10th. So what does that mean for Manchester United? What does it mean for Chelsea? Is it open top bus time for Chelsea? Do, do you know what? Do you it's know a major what, achievement, mate. Do you know to what? get into the top half, this is I, absolutely I think I'm right in saying that Chelsea have taken more points in the Premier League of Manchester United than the other team. Yeah, I think that's, that is true, yeah. And it's also, definitely up there because Chelsea always take points off. We're used to even so, historically, even when you were playing, so nil, occasionally nil. they would. <laughs> nil, nil. And you've got one team that actually runs around for the manager and the other team that doesn't run around for the manager. Can you imagine if Chelsea go one new up, what the atmosphere is going to be like at Old Trafford? Well, it's all right. We'll give them about 17 other chances. Yes, that, that, that will happen as well. Yeah. 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 Well, but, well, so. You said he was all right today. Taking yeah. At yeah. The right no, time, no, he or? did. He set, he, yeah. set, he set the goal up. Yeah. He's, he still makes my butt clench when he balls at his feet. But <laughs> you know that horrible <laughs> feeling? Is that a coaching yeah. term? No, you, you, no any, anyone listening to this knows exactly the feeling I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. You should sum up to you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. don't worry. We've got a week of butt-clenching moments coming your way <laughs> on TalkSport. We're around the grounds with Adrian Durham Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday night, keeping you up to date with everything that happens in the Premier League. We've got live commentary on Saturday because if they do beat Sheffield United away from home or an Arsenal beat Luton, it might well be that Liverpool can go top when we bring you Crystal Palace against Liverpool on Saturday lunchtime. Of course, we'll preview all the action for you before then. Join us Friday morning and we will do that for you. Thanks for watching. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply.